0: Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work today we're going to look at psalm 141 but before we do i just want to say that if you're enjoying our podcast we would encourage you to share with friends and family pass along spread the word however you choose to do that over social media or just word of mouth we'd love to get the word out about what good things are happening here at renewing the center and also um, we'd love for you to give us a rating or a review on the apple podcast platform or wherever it is you access podcast content today uh, the, the time that we're going to be listening to this, most likely the publishing time, is uh, Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. And so I pray and hope and trust that yesterday was... A good day for you, and if not, I just want you to know that sometimes I know family time is tricky and challenging, especially during this pandemic. Um, I pray for God's grace and His strength and His mercy to be with you, and I I do also pray that you didn't get up at two a.m. to go shopping today, <laughs> Black Friday. What a strange day in America. I'm going to read Psalm 141, and then we're going to pray and just see what we can we can see from the Scripture today. David says, "I call upon you, O Lord, come quickly to me." Give ear to my voice when I call to you. Let my prayer be counted as incense before you and the lifting up of my hands as an evening sacrifice. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not turn my heart to any evil to busy myself with wicked deeds in company with those who work iniquity. Do not let me eat of their delicacies. Let the righteous strike me. Let the faithful correct me. Let the Never let the oil of the wicked anoint my head, for my prayer is continually against their wicked deeds. When they are given over to those who shall condemn them, then shall they learn that my words were pleasant. Like a rock that one breaks apart and shatters on the land, so shall their bones be strewn at the mouth of Sheol. But my eyes are turned towards you, O God, my Lord. In you I seek refuge. Do not leave me defenseless. Keep me from the trap they have laid for me and from the snares of evildoers. Let the wicked fall into their own nets while I alone escape. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray and then let's see what we can see. Father, we ask you to help us tonight, today to see truth in the word of God. We thank you for the book of Psalms. We thank you for the prayer book of the Jews and the church. God, I thank you for their honesty, even the raw language that we see in a passage like this. Help us to see it and and to hear what you would say to us about our own lives and about you as we look at this psalm in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So as I alluded to in my prayer, the psalms use... Um, really raw language, really emotive language. And many times as uh, Western people, many of you listening to my my voice are Western. We do have some people from um, Eastern parts of the world actually listening to the podcast now, but most of us are Western. And uh, for most of us, um, people's bones being strung at the edge of hell that that's pretty alarming language like a language we would not encourage um our children to use or our friends to use and yet one of the things that i think we need to see in the book of psalms is that the psalms are raw and honest and unfiltered prayer language before god and so there are a couple of things to note here before we look at this particular poem number one god can handle your raw emotion um, he, he can handle the, the reality of you being angry or afraid and saying, I wish my enemies would be ripped to pieces. He can handle that. He's not going to do everything you ask him to do, but he certainly can handle the sentiment or the emotion. I think that one of the mistakes we make as Christians is that in our religious upbringings, we've been taught to not be real or to be honest. Um, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. That keeps us, I think, from praying real and, and, and volatile prayers that God can handle your prayers. I think that's the most important thing to hear here. and that when we give him our hearts, He then does what is right. So we can surrender outcomes to the Lord while being real and honest. So with that in mind, I think that I, I think there's something here for us. I, I think that if the Lord would give us ears to hear, what he has to share with us we're going to see some things here so wherever you are whatever it is you're doing I, I i trust that you can find a way to slow down your mind to open up your ears and your heart to listen this is not just a bible study this is a reflective um, experience where we're asking for revelation from god so we do ask you for that revelation lord now the first thing we see in this particular psalm is the psalmist says I call out to you come quickly to help me. See the poet here explicitly asks God to come to him. And I just want to say to you it is more than okay for you to ask God to come close to you when you are in distress. See we have to learn to call on the Lord. The language in this poem is so important. The the poet, the psalmist, calls out, cries out to God. And it's my conviction that the prayerlessness of the church is a major problem. We don't pray like we ought to pray. And I know that many of you who are listening to my voice right now have given up on meaningful, contending prayer You just don't know how to do it, or you're discouraged by what you have tried to do. We're discouraged by the lack of movement in our lives. Y'all, we have got to learn to call out, to cry out to the Lord, to get into emotional spaces where we let our voices be heard. This is why when I'm praying, I get into places, physical places, where my ears are able to hear my own prayers. I pray out loud. I call out Y'all, praying has to get out of our heads. We have to learn how to call out, to cry out. See, the poet says, let my prayer and the lifting up of my hands be like incense and like evening sacrifice. See, his whole body is involved in his praying. Your body needs to be involved in your praying too. I think our praying will be less boring, less pray-down-a-list-oriented, less perfunctory if we get our whole bodies involved. And this guy believes that his prayer is changing things, that it's changing the atmosphere around God. To light incense um, in, in the ancient world, and even today in some churches, they light incense, and incense fills the, the building with a smell and a visible sense of smoke. And, and the, the psalmist is saying, my prayer changes the atmosphere around God. And he also says i lift my hands my body is actively participating in my prayer he's not just murmuring a list of needs too often what we call prayer is us simply worrying inside our heads no wonder we feel worse after we pray because sometimes for us prayer is a kind of spiraling of anxiety inside our head where we just worry about things so when was the last time that you raised your hands and raised your voice and invited God to come and believe that your praying was going to change something. I would invite you to try it. Now, this will require us getting over ourselves. Sometimes when I'm out on the belt line with my dog and I'm praying out loud, I round a corner and somebody's coming the other way and they look at me and think, oh, the dude's talking to himself. I'm not. I'm talking to the Lord, but I'm doing it with my voice just like it is I'm speaking to you. I believe the Lord wants us to get out of our heads and into our voices and into our bodies as we pray. And that's the first thing we can see from the psalmist here. But when he begins to pray, the second thing we see in this poem is that he prays, God set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. See, the poet realizes that once he takes the lid off of his words and his emotions and prayer and his body, that there's a real chance he'll run his mouth into some real trouble. Now, I know that none of you struggle with this. None of us run into trouble with the words we say. But let's just pretend that one person who's listening to the podcast may occasionally struggle with their words. They may say things that get them in trouble. You know I'm joking. Dad joke moment. We all struggle with this. So the, the psalmist gives us a way forward. He says ask god to restrain your words and i just want to say to you have you asked god to restrain your words lately i have because this is a major area of struggle for me last week we spent some time in the book of james considering the impact of our speech the power of our tongues for good and for evil lord have mercy on us i believe that if we create space to regularly invite god to set a guard over our mouths to keep watch over the door of our lips We'll experience less sin in our speaking. I want you to think about the word deliberation. Deliberation. Viktor Frankl, one of my favorite writers, he wrote a book that really changed my life called Man's Search for Meaning. He said that between stimulus and our response, there is a space. And in that space, we are invited to deliberation. And the root word for deliberation is freedom, liberty. When we take space after we have been stimulated, after something bad happens or good, but in this moment, I think we're thinking bad. If we don't just fire off a text or an email or a response verbally, but we take space, we deliberate, we will have fewer regrets and fewer words that we have to clean up. Fewer times we have to go back to a loved one, a friend, a family member and say, I spoke in in haste and I'm really sorry. I believe one of the things the Lord wants us to do is to ask him to set a guard over our mouths, to use fewer words in the heat of the moment. And then the third thing he says is connected to this. He says, let the righteous strike me. Let the faithful correct me. The poet seems to know that we won't get it right all the time when it comes to our words. Even when we ask God to help us to put a guard over our mouths, we're going to say some dumb stuff from time to time. So... He explicitly invites wise and good people to speak correction into his life. And I just want to say this to you. Have you explicitly invited good people, wise people, to speak words of correction? Now, don't invite them to hit you. Um, You know, he says, the righteous strike me, the faithful correct me. He's using language to say, invite wise people who are close to you to give you honest feedback when you sin with your mouths. And I think there's a real invitation from us and for us right now from the Lord in a passage like this. Um, I'll, I'll say this. Your friends and family will serve and can serve as a proxy, a loving proxy for a harsh and cruel world. You can be a loving proxy for your friends and family. We can tell one another what the world will tell us in a really harsh and cruel way. We can actually speak truth and love. This is a biblical mandate for Christian community, for loving spiritual community, is that we would actually speak truthful words to one another, that we would give one another feedback. Let the righteous strike me. Let the faithful correct me. And I just want to say this to you. If you don't have anyone speaking truth or words of correction to you, if you don't have anyone giving you negative feedback, I'm going to guarantee you it's not because you're perfect and need no negative feedback. It's probably because you either haven't given permission or you don't have people in your life who are willing to press through conflict and the uncomfortable awkwardness that results in giving people negative feedback. I receive negative feedback on a very regular basis, and I am so thankful for it. Um, I run hot with my speech. Um, I have a, 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 used to have a volatile temper. I now just have a, a motor that runs pretty high. I'm pretty intense sometimes. And my wife and a number of close friends The feedback that they've given me when I cross the line has been very instructive. Even my own children now have learned to be able to speak truth and love, to stand up to me and say, Dad, that was not, your tone wasn't um, helpful to me right there. That actually shapes and modifies my heart. It actually gives me a sense of invitation to say what the Lord is up to. And I just want to say to you, we all need this in our lives. And the final thing I want to leave you with is this. Praying and receiving correction keeps our eyes turned to the Lord. That's where the poem ends, that when people speak truth to us, who press through conflict-avoidant tendencies, that actually puts us back into a place where our eyes are turned to the Lord. This is where the poet leaves it. He says, But my eyes are turned toward you, O Lord my God. In you I seek refuge. Do not leave me defenseless. What a prayer. Father, I pray that you would speak to us and give us peace today. I pray that you would give us ears and a heart that would look to you and trust you. I pray that you would give us the grace, Lord, to be honest and real and to invite people to be honest and real with us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: If you would like to continue meditating on what you heard today, take some time to recall an idea or an image that encouraged or challenged you in this episode. When things stand out to us in God's Word, or in our lives, or in what we're reading, or in devotional talks, it often means that God is offering us his help and his guidance. When you have your idea or image in mind, carry it with you as a prayer, coming back to it in the spaces throughout your day. How does it speak to you and where you are right now? What does it say about God and what he wants for you? Speak to him about these things. Listen for his still, small voice and respond to him as simply and as honestly as you can. Thanks for listening. We look forward to having you back here again with us next time at Renewing the Center.